listening to the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast, hosted by J.J. Duke, an all-access pass to Fairfield University Lacrosse. Hey, Stacks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. J.J. Duke here with you. We're uh, recording on a Monday morning here because it's women's lacrosse season, which means two games per week, and, well, certainly we've got a couple of big ones for you on the slate. We'll get to that in a moment, but Laura Field is here, fresh off of a two-win week last week. Does it feel so much better starting off? 2-0 2-0 and as opposed to 1-1 and or obviously the dreaded 0-2 start. Yeah, you know, winning is always uh, is always good. Um, and winning on the road is very helpful, I think, to uh, to kind of set the tone. But, uh, you know, as we've been saying all year, um, the league is wide open, so we have staring in front of us some pretty big games. So it's nice to get two under our belt, but we're going to have to uh, come to play every, every week from here on out. Yeah, you kind of prefaced it at the beginning of the season, said that this could almost be the Wild West of the MAC this year, and it has certainly turned out to be that way. We'll kind of look at that in just a moment. But uh, two games on the week, as you mentioned, both on the road, Quinnipiac a 9-8 decision, then away to Niagara this past Saturday, 13-10. But those really were two different games. However, the one thing I will say, and I know it probably makes you very happy, is that Niagara game might be only the second time this season that you had a full roster to work with because injuries, amongst other things, must be nice to have all those jerseys to look at and say, hey, I've got a few subs to go to. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We, uh, uh, we, we have some depth now, um, you know, and, and everybody's pulled their weight this entire season, yeah, you know, even with kids out. So, you know, credit to the entire team for, for making it work no matter what it is, but it is nice to have a, a larger squad. How much do you learn from a group like that, knowing that you always have to deal with some sort of adversity and then to see, okay, it's either that next player up or then the group gets closer and closer together and still find ways to get results now at this time of the year? Yeah, no, I'm a Pats fan, so the next man up philosophy uh, works. You uh, really just, wanted to throw just that goading you uh, from the start. But um, but I, I do mean that in all seriousness. I think, you know, it, it, it's a philosophy that works because uh, because it has to. You know, you, you can't dwell on what you don't have. You have to really look for, all right, who can fill the role? Um, and not even fill the role, but who can step in and and, and has been waiting for the opportunity to, uh, to rise? Well, I think one of the players that's been chopping at the bit for a little while is Kelly Horn and getting her back into the team. Two very different performances in the week. The first game against Quinnipiac, it was offense three goals and an assist the game against Niagara more defensive minded five ground balls five cause turnovers this is a player that I know a lot of people are very high on and it is a much different Fairfield team when she is in the roster and in the lineup because obviously injured for a majority of the non-conference season but boy she makes an impact yeah, her injury um, it took its time to heal, um, and having her back has been great. Um, you know, I think what's nice about it is it allows a little bit of freedom for our other players to know that she's back and she's a threat and, and can open things up for, for everybody else. Um, but she makes her own way as well. I mean, you said it. She's a threat on both sides of the ball. Um, and, you know, even though she didn't necessarily have the offensive output against Niagara, she was um, equally as dominating as she was against Quinnipiac. So um, we are thrilled to have her back and, uh, and, and help. We look at quickly at that Quinnipiac game where it was kind of touch and go for the first set, but something that Fairfield has, not to say struggled with, but it's been slower to see the team get out of the gate after the locker room, after the halftime talk. That game against Quinnipiac, after giving up the first one, you run, rattle off four straight to give yourselves that cushion uh, to see that result out. Uh, goals, two from Gallagher, one each from Horning, and Graham also got one in there too, but you know, 
that's something that we haven't seen a whole lot this year. Is that something that's coachable maybe or is that just something that's like okay we have to just deal with it um you know i think we have to learn to fight um you know games are are full of ebbs and flows and and it's something that we know um we've been guilty of different uh patterns in the past where you start slow and then you have to come back or you know like you say you start fast and then you, you know you give up a bit of a run um you know we're not quite as predictable right now which i don't know if that's good or bad um but we're capable of fighting i think quinnipiac was the first game that we really saw all right we have to lock it down right now we have to clamp down and, and fight this game out um and like i said after the game it's a credit to, to a very good quinnipiac team they're very resilient they're very well coached they make adjustments so for us to make equal adjustments and to kind of stay the course is an important thing to learn about ourselves i guess the unpredictability helps because you can't be scouted you can't be scouted way. but it would be great to know what we were going to get from game to game i mean maybe as long as you they get to the postseason, and then it becomes predictable, and you do what you did last year. That's, uh, I think, that's the ultimate uh, I'll goal. I'll take, right? I'll take this group in, in unpredictability. They're still, they're still my kids. Now, we, the Niagara game, it, it is a completely different reverse. You know, we saw a team that came out absolutely on fire in that first half. We were able to watch uh, the first half back here, right before the men's game started against Delaware, and it looked like the group was, you know firing on all their offensive sets. They were pretty locked down defensively, but then here comes Niagara, and obviously they've got a number of different you know, weapons to watch out for. Mentioned on the last podcast, and they score five straight uh, at the beginning of the second half to make it rather interesting. But then, kind of like the Canisius game last year a little bit in the regular season, closed the game out with three of the last four goals. And those are the moments that you can certainly build on to get in the middle of the season. Yeah, you know, we never relinquished the lead. I think, you know, we gave up a, a couple goals. Um, you know, we had some transition issues. We had some footing issues, to be honest with you. And we, we never relinquished that lead. And, again, it's a, it's a whole team effort, I think. You know, the defense was struggling a little bit in that moment. The offense picked it up and, and finished out strong for us. So, um, you know, we're happy to see that. And the offense continues to roll with Brooke Gallagher leading the charge. Another 10-point week for her. Five goals, two assists in that game against Niagara. Now, I know you said in previous episodes that this is the real Brooke that we're starting to see right now. Um, what has been the defining moment for her now in the last couple of games? Because she has been just, you know, everything that she shoots seems to find its way to the back net. Or if she's not shooting, she's finding the right pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, again, you hit the nail on the head. It, it's it's good to see a dynamic version of her. Um, and she is drawing one of the best, if not the best, defenders for every game. Between she, probably her and Taylor Mitchell, they're, they're getting marked pretty tightly. Um, Brooke is tough to guard. Uh, she's she's squirrely. She's quick. She, um, she reacts well, and she makes in-game changes. Um, you know, and I think she's also done a good job of finding her teammates, and her teammates have done a very good job of finding her in those moments as well. So, um, you know, I will tell you, the best thing that Brooke has given us in the last two games is her ability to ride in transition and get the ball back for us. So it's not even the goals and the assists that, that have been um, something that, that we're the most proud of for her in this last week. It's been her ability to help us um, defend and get the ball back. Well, certainly she's going to be another key focal part as we get into this. I don't know how the schedule worked out to have the killer M's in a row, both alphabetically speaking and actually how it's laid out. So Fairfield has coming up uh, Manhattan at home this Wednesday, on the road to Maris, and then at home to Monmouth next Wednesday. This turns out to be a very, very difficult portion of the schedule right here where if the group comes out on the right side of things, it could lay out very nicely. 
we'll focus just on the Manhattan game, but this is a Jaspers group that was projected to finish last. Now, I don't know how much locker board, you know, locker room board material that was used, but it certainly seems that this group has taken it to heart, and they are a very good team. They come into this one 8-3 and three overall, and they're 3-0 and in the MAC. Yeah, absolutely. And and they are a very well-coached team as well. Um, I think you're seeing the benefit of the consistency of coaching and recruiting for them. Um, I think they've always been a very good team, and now they're starting to get a little older, and it's gelling. They've got some good freshmen, some good underclassmen, um, augmented by some solid senior leadership. Um, and it's not lightning in a bottle. It is something that I think they've been working for uh, for a very long time. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's a tough stretch, but we're going to have to go through it at some point or other. So, um, you know, we're excited to have them at home. We, we want to make sure that we understand the importance of these games, and they are leading the league right now with Monmouth. So um, if we want to get to where we want to get to, we got to get through them. And it seems like they can do it in a number of different ways, whether it's going to be putting up a big crooked number offensively or locking it down defensively, most notably this past Saturday up at Siena. Siena's a team that you said they can score for fun when they want to. Well, when the league leaders in offense was held to six goals on the day. Manhattan, they're not a team that can score big often, but they're the ones that can get the goals when they need to, and that makes them even more of a difficult team to scout. Absolutely, and I mean, we've been working on them for a little while now, so um, we will do our best. Now we have uh, Kathleen Holzman that's going to be coming in here for a moment, and um, you know, She's done a little bit of everything this season. And, you know, before we go to break and have her come on in here, what is it about her this senior year that's kind of set her apart? Because usually we see her up front doing the job on attack, but this year it's been both phases. Yeah, I, I think her development as a midfielder, um, and, you know, obviously specifically on defense, um, has been great for us. We we really needed that, that person that could play um, through the midfield, come in on defense, and wasn't a liability, um, so to speak, and, um, you know, didn't necessarily have to uh, draw help from other players. Um, Kathleen's one of our best defenders right now, and it's not a position that she naturally has ever played before last year. So that has been great for us. She is playing very smart on defense. She is um, playing aggressive and allowing us to take some risks, and she's coming up with you know great cause turnovers that she doesn't always get credit for, but uh, but help us tremendously. I think you know she's taken a lot of pride in that role as well, which has been nice to see. And she's also one of the vocal leaders out there. Between her and Aaron Mamley, they're always firing up everybody. Whether yeah. I think that what I love about Kathleen is even when she's scoring, she's going to take the full 100-yard run back, say something to the goalie, and then boom, get on with the next one. Yeah, vocal would be uh, probably an understatement. But, yeah, she is, a, she is a passionate leader for us. But we'll hear the tones of Kathleen Holzman in just a moment here. So stay tuned with us on the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. And welcome back as uh, we appreciate the time always from Coach Field talking to us as we get ready for uh, the run, really, that's going to set the tone for the rest of this MAC season. But uh, we also have one of our outstanding seniors here with us, Kathleen Holzman, who really has done a little bit of everything this year. And Kathleen, it's one of those things we usually see you in attack. We always see you scoring goals. But I love the way that you've brought the same intensity up front now to work in the back. Tell us about this season and making kind of that change to be more of a defensive-minded player. Yeah, so when I first came to Fairfield, I was an attacker all my life from when I started playing the sport. And my junior year, they needed someone to step up and play midfield. And so last season, I was kind of adjusting to this new position and learning defense and everything like that. And this year, 
I've grown to love defense. I never thought that's something I would actually love because never did it. I was like, well, who wants to do that? that? But now it's what I love to do. And when I get that stop or pick up a ground ball in the eight, I never thought I'd feel that kind of satisfaction and just how good it feels. Because you like you look at a sport and everyone, you get a lot of attention from your points and like what you do. But it's really like you learn so much from just the defensive end and how much they actually do. So this year, my biggest focus was to actually become a full midfielder and have like like decent defensive play as well, which is like my biggest focus for this year. How much does it help knowing that you have, you know, classmates on both sides of the ball that you can kind of pick the brains from each side? Because obviously you have Taylor and Brooke on the attack with yep. you, but you also have Aaron Mamley and Megan Beach on defense. So how much have, were you talking with them, you know, up until this point, knowing that there was a possibility, we'll get into some of the reasons why you're pressing defense in a moment, but, you know, knowing that it was going to be a possibility that you were going to be playing in the back more often this year. Yeah, so having Megan Beach and Aaron Mamley there is great because I they're really supportive and they um, want – because they clearly like, – if we're not playing well together, then it's not going to work. And we have that connection where we can play like, and we trust each other, and that's the biggest thing. And having the Brooke Gallagher and Taylor Mitchell on the other side, us five together, we work really well, and we're just kind of – I'm the mediator of like – this is what the attack's saying, this is what the defense is saying, but having that trust from the defense is really key, and especially those two players of really helping me settle in with the defense and really be comfortable and like trusting myself as a defender more. Now this season, and it almost seems every year for Fairfield women's across, there are a couple of injuries that kind of change the tone a little bit. This year is no exception. Yep. Megan Beach... Uh, picks up a knock in the Columbia game. That yeah. was when we started to see you now more press into defense. So being that senior leader as a whole, but now knowing that, okay, we got a tough slate in front of us, obviously non-conference, get yourself ready and then hope, you know, a first team all-MAC defender in the back gets herself healthy. How were you able to kind of keep it all together? And obviously Fairfield comes out with a 5-3 and three non-conference record, you more doing so of the work in the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when, you know, the – Megan Beach went down and we just kind of realized that we need to step up and it's not even just doing it for the game anymore it's doing it for your teammates and she went down and it's just like knowing that we have each other's backs and we got to step up and that was the biggest thing for um, our entire defense and everyone else on the team is that we're doing this for each other not just ourselves. You know, now we look at this kind of the run into the conference, you know, the rest of the slate, if you will, and then hopefully potentially some postseason play. You've experienced a little bit of everything. Yes. Obviously winning a championship last year, going so close to uh, season prior, and then obviously having to go through first round games a couple of times as well. How much is this season kind of comparing to the other three that you've had, or are they just all completely different? Well, they're all very different, but now we have this target on our backs and we know it. And it's all about that how much do we want it. And I think that's the biggest thing because Fairfield's never won back-to-back-back -back -back championships. And that's what we want. And we can do it. We just all have to believe in ourselves. And it takes not just the people who are on the field. It takes every single person who's on our roster to be 100% in it and 100% want that MAC championship. And we could totally do it. And you know, this is kind of echoing what we heard at the beginning of the year when we had uh, Taylor Mitchell and Aaron Mamley on a, on our leadership podcast talking about like, yeah, there is that target, but it's also kind of that hunger and desire. I think one part, as we mentioned before, was you know the NCAA tournament game. We'll leave that aside. It wasn't a great day, but does it feel like kind of the same from last year where it's like, okay, you know what? 
we're in a good position right now. Starting off conference play 2-0, knowing that there are three, well, four very tough games coming up on the schedule. You know, where's the mindset right now, knowing that there's a chance that we could do this again? Yeah, so we right now, the MAC is very intense for our league, and everyone, anything could happen any game, and like the desire, it's what we want coming into every game. We can't take any game lightly because if we do, we they, we would lose. So we have to go into every game just like wanting it and just being there because if we are, then we will hopefully make it the entire way. And I think our goal this year is to see if we can go undefeated in the MAC, which we didn't last year, and that's like something different, a new goal that we want to reach together. Yeah, in fact, it's actually been quite a while since Fairfield have gone undefeated in conference play, especially now with the uh, nine-team format. Now, it's interesting. I talked with Coach Fielder prior to the Niagara game and the Quinnipiac game. We're not going to talk about the Niagara game, but I want to talk about what happens before and after because, let's face it, it's not exactly a um, – fun trip that you have to take it is a long bus ride up to uh near canada if you will six hours or so what has that been like because you've now taken that trip in addition to you know twice in niagara twice in canisius a couple times in conference tournament play as well you know what is that trip like what do you exactly do for you know, 13 <laughs> hours or so round trip on a bus <laughs> some people do homework um i kind of uh, watch movies, <laughs> but that whole bus ride, you have to know that once you get off, it's a business trip. Right. So you're going there, you have a job to do, and then you just got to get back on the bus. As much as it's like painful and it's a long and it's a dreaded trip, it's worth it because we get to play the sport that we love and we got to get the job done. And if we don't get the job done, then it was, and if we're not ready to play and if it wasn't the best that we could do, then the trip itself just kind of like hurts our team so much more because we did spend all that time for that one game going up there and then coming back. But overall, it's like, it's just what you got to do and it's worth it. It's a different mentality too, because there are not many overnights that you guys take. Obviously the other, I guess the furthest Mac teams would be either Siena going up North to Albany. That's about a three hour bus ride or going down to Monmouth, depending on New Jersey traffic. I've done that a number (laughs) of times. Uh, You could either be sitting in traffic for three hours or you can get to, you know, close to, West Long Branch in about two hours or so, but um, you know, there's a lot of team bonding that probably goes on. I'd have to assume. What oh, yeah. what what are what's the atmosphere like when you get on a bus? Obviously, you say movies, but there's got to be a few shenanigans that go on. Oh yeah, so <laughs> people never really stay in their seats the entire bus ride, and I'll I know like I do, and a couple other people will just walk around, especially hour like four of the trip. You're getting up, you're moving around, trying to talk to people, just get some funny things going we play heads up a lot okay (laughs) that game where you kind of flip it yeah so we'll do that just like any kind of funny thing and it does actually get our team closer because we're like stuck in this environment and we get to hear all these funny things and stories come out and it's just a great team bonding experience who's the champion of heads up on the bus oh probably jill winwood (laughs) now i could totally see that coming that We had a chance to talk with Jill last year. She's a she's a character. She is, she is very funny, but also someone that's really assured of herself. But I could see her being like that A student in the classroom, yeah. but doesn't seem that way. No knock on Jill, of course, yep. but no, yeah. seems very smart. Yep, very focused. And so when she's like dialed in, she's so focused on the game. You know? That's <laughs> brilliant. Really yeah. So, you know, to kind of wrap up this interview, and we appreciate you obviously coming on, what would it mean now for your senior year? You're obviously close to one little accolade that would be coming up in maybe a couple of games' time. That would be 100 career points. Do you you know, look at that every once in a while to see how close you are? Um, I honestly do not. I like, couldn't tell you, but um, 
that has been a goal. I think it's a lot of people's goals since their freshman year. You hear a senior who gets the 100 points. You're like, wow, that must be really cool to just get that game ball and be like, wow, this was my 100th point. I didn't even realize, like, that's what's going on. But I think if I could achieve that, that would be, like, something I – not a goal I've set, but, like, kind of like a goal you kind of want. Sure. Like an, but, yeah, so that would be really cool. It would be you and perhaps other two other seniors as For well, sure. which would be very fun. But also the, the big one, as you talk about, the first Mac, or Fairfield team to win MAC mm-hmm. championships two years in a w- row. It's also a possibility it might happen right over our shoulders at right. home. That's, um, is that a team goal that's also kind of in the back of your mind? That is 100% a team goal. We, try, we wanted it last year. It was a goal. But I think our main goal last year was to win. And we like where it was was not as important. And I think this year – since we know that we can and like with the team that we have we want to host and as a senior that's there's nothing else more that I want than to be able to host the MAC tournament and I don't know since I've been here it's never been here I couldn't tell you when the last time it's been here and I that would be a great way to end my senior year it was the early 2000s the last time oh. Fairfield hosted yes. obviously that was predetermined it was a right. little different back then but uh yeah it would be nice it was fun to have that quarterfinal game yeah. last year to play in front of the home fans now chance maybe do it again Kathleen yes. thanks for the time appreciate it of course it. thank you so much and that's going to do it here for this episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse podcast remember Manhattan home coming up on Wednesday. ESPN 3 will have the call for you there. Then Fairfield on the road at Marist on the Saturday. And then next Wednesday on the 10th, it will be also on ESPN 3 against Monmouth. Make sure to stay tuned with us on social media at Fairfield Stags, at Stags Women's Lax, and at Stags Men's Lax. And until next time, thanks for tuning in. JJ Duke signing off. Go Stags. The Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For all information related to Fairfield Lacrosse, log on to fairfieldstags.com.